This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello and welcome to Moonshine and Scoreboards episode 10. I'm your host, Kevin, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Actually, just Landon, who's a wonderful co-host. Landon, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad, Kevin. Uh, thank you for that uh, wonderful intro, question mark. No. <laughs> a slight, slight hesitation on the, on the intro there. Um, no, no, always is, fun to be joining you. Uh, fun times will be had by most, if not all, I predict. By all. By all, by all. Unless you're a Kentucky fan, then it won't be a fun time for you. No, um, no, no, because uh, much like that uh, – Vaunted Tennessee uh, running offense. Uh, we will run all over you. That's right. In more ways than one. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just me and Landon this evening. Our wonderful, excellent co-host Justin is out this week going through some stuff uh, personally. So he'll be back next week, though, and we'll be all squared away. Um, but he did want to send his regards to the Kentucky fans, and he did want to let everybody know that I'm a big dummy. And he was right, and I was wrong. Um, I, I know he wanted to say that, so I'll say it for him. And never fear, he sent us his picks for the pub dubs. So we'll get through that, and we'll do. You'll see his picks as well, um, Mister Five and Zero in college football last week. So we want to make sure that he, you know, make get gives everybody their free money so they can ride with his picks this week. Yeah, he would most definitely want us to mention the fact that he did go 5-0 and in the college uh, football realm last week. Yes, he would very much appreciate that. I'm sure when he listens to this, it'll bring a nice big smile to his face. But let's get into week nine, I suppose, of the college football season. Um, uh, this is a Tennessee-based podcast, so I guess we're going to talk about the Tennessee game first. Uh, the, the Vols win by a score of 33 to 27, um, egg on my face. Once again, I thought that Kentucky was going to win. I should have known that there's only three things in life that are certain. Mm-hmm. And it is death taxes and Tennessee beating Kentucky at football. There it um, is. There it is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, the offense looked really good. The offense did look really good. Um, it felt like this game was a lot closer uh, on the scoreboard than it felt like during the game. I kind of felt, never really felt like Tennessee was going to lose this game. It was almost, it was almost, uh, I guess, how people felt about the Florida game. Uh, when, 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 when Tennessee would score, Florida would come right back down the field and score. And it was almost the same thing when Kentucky scored. Tennessee would come right back down the field and score. Uh, pretty easily at that. Um, like you mentioned, Landon, the run the run game was huge for Tennessee. Uh, Jalen Wright went carried the ball eleven times for 120 yards, and he had a touchdown. I thought the big playmaker here was Dylan Sampson, though, who mm-hmm. only had 75 yards on the ground, but he had a touchdown as well, and, and he had four receptions for 39 yards. Uh, but I thought that he it was kind of like his another step in his coming out party a little bit. It was uh I I 
will pay a lot of money to keep that man in a, in a Tennessee uniform next season and for the season after that as well because he is yeah one thousand percent yeah I I do think Dylan Sampson is going to be earning some nil in the upcoming offseason and while you just rattled off the stats of Jalen Wright compared to Dylan Sampson um Dylan Sampson didn't have the stats that Jalen Wright had in the Kentucky game um but we did see Jalen Wright go out in the second half of that Kentucky game, uh, Josh Heupel said that he was dinged up down the stretch and we saw more Sampson. We saw Sampson featured in, in the later parts of the game. More particularly, Sampson had key third down conversions to keep that clock running, to milk that clock, to keep the ball out of Devin Leary's hands because I like I never thought the game was in doubt but I'm gonna be honest I'm very glad that Kentucky didn't get the ball uh didn't get another crack at the end zone because with the way Devin Leary was throwing on the Tennessee secondary a Tennessee secondary that played for the first time without Kamal Haddon uh, mind you so uh it's interesting to see if this is just a sign of things to come or maybe if this is more of a Devin Leary and that Kentucky offense finally figuring things out because you have to remember in the offseason a lot of people were saying that Devin Leary going from NC State to Kentucky one of, was one of the bigger moves in the transfer portal because before he got hurt at NC State, Devin Leary at, the, at like 35 touchdowns. And mm-hmm. then and I do have to give a tip of the cap to the OC at, uh, at Kentucky whose name is escaping uh, me right now, but he later came out and said in preparation for the Tennessee game, he went back and watched – some Leary film when he was at NC state and implemented more of those plays and more of those schemes of what really made Leary shine and flash when he was with the wolf pack. And we kind of saw that because I mean, like he threw for well over 300 yards against that Tennessee secondary. So um, defense kind of, kind of uh, made some Tennessee fans uneasy, but again, I think this was one of the most complete games that the offense has played all year, if not the most complete offensive games they've played all year, led on the ground by Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson. And two games in a row, you have to love what you've seen out of Joe Milton. I was just about to say that. Uh, I, I want come to come back to last week, the conversation that we had after the Alabama game uh, on whether or not Joe Milton needs to stay at the quarterback. Hand up. I was wrong again. Joe Milton shut a lot of people up this week. Last week, all you saw, the discourse, all you saw all over Twitter, all over all over sports radio in Knoxville, all you saw was should Nico get the starts going forward because this season's kind of done. And it's not. It's very much so not. And I think a lot of people kind of realized, okay, we were kind of just like over-exaggerating a little bit, um, being over-dramatic to the Alabama loss because the the season's not done um, by any means. Tennessee only has two losses. Landon, how many losses did Tennessee have when they went to the Orange Bowl last year? Uh, that would be two, Kevin. That would be two. Exactly. So... The New Year's Six Bowl is very much so still alive. And I don't know if it's the same way for you, Landon, but to me, this season as a whole is giving me very much so 2007 college football season vibes. 
where you're about to get a lot of chaos, I feel like. I feel like you're about to see a lot of these top teams start to lose. I just watched a YouTube documentary on it uh, earlier this week um, on the 2007 season and how wild it was and how it was like five out of six weeks in a row, the number two team lost. And it was like four of them were against unranked teams. And I was like, I like just comparing the two to what we've seen this season as to what was, what we saw in 2007. I was like, there's a real scenario where a lot of these undefeated teams that are undefeated right now end up losing one, maybe two games. I mean, it, the, the new year six bowl is, is by no means off the table for Tennessee. And, and of course, you know, you have a, easy game against UConn this week. Um, your homecoming game that I feel like Tennessee should roll in. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they are and, a 36 point favorite, depending on what <laughs> book you're looking at. And they're a 36 point favorite for a reason. But then again, they were a massive favorite against teams like Austin P earlier this year. And we saw how that went. So, right. Right. But to your point, Landon, the offense is clicking now. The, yes. Like you said, this is two weeks in a row that the offense has looked really good. Against two um, very least, good football teams at that, on right, the road at Right, that. both games on the road where Tennessee has struggled under Josh Heupel on the road. Um, and two weeks in a row, the offense, I guess you could say for six quarters out of, out of eight quarters, the offense has looked really good. Um, so I, I do think that there's still a lot on the table for Tennessee. I do, I, like you said, I love what I'm seeing from Joe Milton. Um the last two weeks, uh, he's playing with confidence. I feel like a totally different quarterback than what we saw, you know, against Florida and against Austin P. Um, even though we won that Austin P. game, it, it was a lot closer than people thought, and a lot of the blame kind of went on Joe Milton for that. I think he looks like a totally different quarterback now, and I'm glad that he's he's rolling going forward. Um, I, I don't know, man. I I think that. Like I said, Tennessee has a good good week against against UConn coming up, um, and then kind of the meat of their the meat of the rest of their schedule back to back weeks Missouri and Georgia um, is kind of going to see, you know, the bowl projections right now saying Music City Bowl, um, but I, I think if Tennessee can beat Missouri and hang close with Georgia, if not beat Georgia. Uh, if both of those two, two things happen, I, I don't see any scenario where you could sit there and say that Tennessee wouldn't be in the top 10 if they have two losses um, and a road win at Missouri and a win over over Georgia. I think Tennessee would be in the top 10 and, and would be primed to a at least Citrus Bowl or Orange Bowl. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Speaking of Georgia... We can go ahead and recap a couple other games that we saw in this week nine. Uh, speaking of Georgia, they looked really good. They looked really damn good. Yeah, <laughs> um, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, very impressive. Their first full game without Brock Bowers. Um, they win 43 to 20, and it really wasn't even that close. Um, I watched this game right before we signed off last week. I said, watch out for Florida. They might beat Georgia. They might make it closer than people think. Um, I was right for about five minutes, and <laughs> and that was that, <laughs> uh, because that Georgia defense woke up. Uh, where Brock Bowers was gone, Lad McConkey showed back up, six receptions for 135 yards and a touchdown. 
uh, uh, Carson Beck went 19 for 28 uh, and two touchdowns. He, I mean, the running the running game was going for Georgia. I mean, they were scoring at will, and the defense they they held Florida to seven points until the fourth quarter, where kind of like the game was already said and done. Um, Georgia Georgia looked good. Georgia looked really really good, and so. They have a big test coming up this week with Missouri that mm-hmm. we're going to get into uh, later on. But that'll be a that'll be a very very interesting game down in Athens. Um, but yeah, a lot of people were had their eyes on that Georgia and Florida game to see how they looked without Bowers, and uh, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised at how well they were rolling. Um, Kansas. Takes care of Oklahoma. Oklahoma undefeated no longer. Uh, Kansas Man, what a, what a wild game. Uh, the Sooners go down, but it also took, what, a, like an hour rain delay in between yep. uh, the second quarter and halftime mm-hmm. to get there? Mm. It did. Um, I think it was like 30 degrees and rainy. Yeah, it, yeah, it, was, it was not a fun day in Kansas. Yeah. Um, not very good for the Oklahoma passing game. Uh, Dylan Gabriel kind of didn't have it the whole game. I mean, he ran for three touchdowns, but I don't think he threw for any, uh, maybe one. Um, but they, uh, I don't know. This is kind of the chaos that I thought that I was alluding to earlier, um, where you kind of had a collision course between Texas and Oklahoma in the big 12 championship game. And it's almost like these other teams in the Big 12 are saying, not so fast. You know, you guys are leaving us. Um, we don't really want you to leave with our trophy either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe we might make it a little bit harder for you guys to face off again. Um, and a little newsflash, I don't think this is the next, the only time Oklahoma is going to lose this season. I, I think... I, I think Oklahoma I mean, I mean the first episode that <laughs> I was going to say the first episode that I joined y'all's uh, y'all guys on, I think it was right after Texas, Oklahoma, and we were going through Oklahoma's remaining schedule. And we were talking about, does Oklahoma run the table? Do you have to consider Oklahoma a contender for the national championship? But up until Saturday, mm-hmm. I think you did. But going through that schedule, we did point out this Kansas matchup because, I mean, Kansas may not be what they were last year, but, I mean, they were still a dangerous team, particularly at home. And then you just brought up Oklahoma State. I mean, that Bedlam brawl, that is a rivalry game, and you can never discount what's going to happen in a game like that. And then you also just brought up the fact that those Big 12 teams don't want Oklahoma and Texas walking out the door with their trophy to the glory that is the SEC. Right. There it's is personal. such a thing as pride when it comes to those teams. So I like, it's going to, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out for Oklahoma, how they bounce back because um, still a lot to play for, for this Oklahoma team, because you've talked about, it's like, I, I do agree with you. I think chaos can abound the rest of this college football season. And if Oklahoma stays the course, they could find themselves pretty to possibly sneak into a, uh, into a, a good bowl game, possibly into one of those top four playoff spots. But at the same time, they have to stay the course and their schedule does not get any easier between now and the end of the season. 
Yeah, and it doesn't help that your rivalry game, your second biggest rivalry game is the week after you lose. Yep. Uh, Bedlam being this week. Oklahoma State is rolling. Oklahoma State looks good. Oklahoma State's offense looks good. And it's almost like, all right, man, like we're going to see how good you really are now. Um, so that'll be an interesting game on Saturday as well. Like I said, I don't think Oklahoma's done losing. Um, and I don't think Texas is done losing either. But that's for another conversation later on in the show. Uh, the other big game, Oregon and Utah. We thought this was going to be a close game. I believe the line was like four or five favored to Oregon, something like that. It was it was a very close scheduled, projected to be a very close game. Uh, it was the Utah defense being the best defense that Oregon's seen this season. Can Oregon score in Utah? And Oregon just lit the scoreboard up. Um, mm. 35 to six. And it was the Oregon defense that kind of showed up uh, holding Utah out of their own end zone uh, the entire game. Only two field goals are allowed by the Oregon defense. Uh, I'm going to be honest here. I think that Oregon is in a better position to make the college football playoff than Washington is, even though Washington is undefeated. Uh, Interesting. Well, here's, here's my thoughts, right? Washington's undefeated, right? And since that game, since the Washington-Oregon game, which Oregon's only loss is to Washington, it's almost like you've seen them go on different trajectories. Uh, Washington barely got by Arizona State. Washington barely got by Stanford last week. Oregon's just gone on and dominated than everybody else that they've played. Um, and Oregon's two hardest games left on the schedule, they're at home. They got USC at home. They got Oregon State at home. Washington still has to go to USC this weekend. So it's almost like Oregon's got the meat of their schedule done. Washington still has the meat of their schedule to go. And we're going to see, you know, which one looks better. Not to mention, they're gonna, there's a potential that they end up meeting again in the Pac-12 championship. So it's like, you know, worst case scenario, they play again and Oregon redeems themselves because I do think Oregon's a better team. Um Mm-hmm. And then, and, and I mean, kind of speaking to your point, I think Oregon, if they matched up with any of the top four college football playoff teams, I think I might take Oregon with the play with the way Bo Nix has that Oregon team playing, and particularly with the way that defense played against Utah this week. It's like if if they can play like that. Every week, I mean, Ohio State and Michigan hasn't played anybody this year. Uh, Georgia, up until this past week, really hadn't put it together. Now, maybe we saw them finally get you know together and it click against Florida. And Florida State, I mean, kind of going back to Ohio State and Michigan outside of their week one victory over LSU, the, the Competition hasn't really been the stiffest where, I mean, Oregon, yeah, they did lose to Washington, but you make a very good point. Ever since dropping that game to Washington, Oregon's really turned it on and just started whipping some ass. Yeah, they've kind of woken up almost. Um, but I do want to get into uh, the, the college football playoff rankings because now we're getting to the point of the season where it's almost like everything – is starting to revolve around the playoff. You know, the first rankings come out, and now 
these are the rankings that everybody goes by. They don't really, mm-hmm. really pay attention to the AP or the coaches poll anymore. Now it's like, all right, let's see what's for real. You alluded to it. Uh, I'll just run through one through six. Um, number one was Ohio State. Number two was Georgia. Number three was Michigan. And number four was Florida State, followed by Washington and Oregon. What are your thoughts on those top four in that order? I think they got the top four. Part of me feels like Georgia being the two-time national defending champion, they haven't lost. How can you not have them number one? But going back to what I just said, up until they kind of quote-unquote put it together against Florida, it really has felt like something's been off about this Georgia team. And then you add to the fact that they lost their best weapon. I mean, maybe one of the best tight ends of all time in Brock Bowers. I... (laughs) Part of me doesn't get why they're at number two, but then the other part of me does get why they're number two. But then I look at the other three teams that are in the top four with them. I mentioned Ohio State and Michigan hasn't played anybody, and they're really – well, With the, I take that back. Ohio State beat uh, Notre Dame on the road, but, I mean, Notre Dame, for whatever reason, uh, decided to play with 10 players on defense twice. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, and then Michigan straight up hasn't played anybody. <laughs> and who knows how Michigan season is going to play out because uh, they have a bigger fish to fry than what's going on on the field as the specter of the NCAA comes looming to Ann Arbor and maybe to Central Michigan uh, University if some reports are to be, uh, be believed this week. God, what a weird Crazy. story. That Crazy. is just so bizarre. Um. Again, I think they got the top four teams right, but part of me feels like they got the top four teams right just almost out of default because I've said it before on this podcast, no one team has really jumped off the page and grabbed the crown like in years past where it's like, okay, Georgia has an NFL player at literally every starting position and is just smoking fools every Saturday. This is clearly the number one team in America and everybody else is far and away number two. Going going back to what you said, this is a year where it feels like chaos could be in play later in the season. So I'm very curious to see how this does play out. And I think I think Washington sitting at five, particularly Oregon sitting at six, could very easily sneak in to the top four, which is where you want to be once all things are said and done. And then I'm curious, um, let's go uh, seven through 12. Do any of those teams, in your opinion, if you had to pick one, who has a realistic shot of vaulting up the list to possibly sneak into the top four, Kevin? Um, Seven through 12, which is Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Penn State, and Missouri. I think, damn. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can you can say none of them if you want to. I do think it's none of them. I I think the team that has the best chance to vault up and sneak into the top four is LSU. I think really? LSU has it all right in front of them. I think if LSU wins on Saturday against Alabama, and then. If LSU wins out the rest of the season, right? And Ole Miss, here's this is the this is kind of like the chaos that I was alluding to earlier. Alabama has one loss, 
right, to Texas. They have zero SEC losses. Ole Miss has one SEC West loss to Alabama. LSU has one SEC West loss to Ole Miss. If LSU beats Alabama, they would give Alabama one SEC West loss. So you would have three teams with one SEC West loss. And it would go to and the they would all rankings. And they would all go be against each other. <laughs> so, oh <my> God. <laughs> so, you know, like, what if that happens? You know what I mean? And then what if, I mean, LSU is going to be rooting harder than hell on for the Egg Bowl for Mississippi State in that scenario. Because then if Mississippi State beats Ole Miss, LSU is in the SEC championship game. If Ole Miss loses to Georgia, which is a likely scenario given Georgia's rank, mm-hmm. and LSU wins out, LSU is in the SEC championship game. So it's like, hello, you know, LSU gets in the SEC championship game with their two losses. If LSU beats Georgia, which I think that they can, are you going to hold out an SEC champion? Is the committee going to hold out the SEC champion even though they have two losses? I don't think so. Um, granted, they would need a little bit of help. You know, they would need a Florida State trip up, mm-hmm. uh, and they would probably need a Pac-12 upset of either Oregon or uh, Washington. But if that's the if that's the scenario, are you going to put? A one-loss Oklahoma. Let's say that Oklahoma and Texas match, match back up for the Big Twelve, and Oklahoma wins. Are you going to put a one-loss Oklahoma team that lost to Kansas, that lost to Kansas's backup quarterback, over a two-loss LSU team that just beat Georgia for the for the SEC championship game? I don't know. I don't know. I so mean, I think- you you want to talk about chaos. Everything you just laid out right there is chaotic to the nth degree. Right. It's uh it, it it'll be interesting. So I, I personally think the LSU has has a really good chance. I mean, it's all right in front of them. Um I I, I don't know. The, just those seven through 12 teams, like I just listed, I, I think Texas is going to lose again. I think mm-hmm. Oklahoma's going to already said that I think Oklahoma's going to lose Saturday. Um, I think, I don't think Ole Miss is going to beat Georgia. I don't think Penn state is going to go, uh, is going to beat Michigan. Although that could happen that that could happen. Um, and I think Missouri's going to lose two more games. I think Tennessee is going to beat Missouri and I think Georgia's going to beat Missouri. Um, I think Georgia beats Missouri, and I'm not sure at this point how that Georgia or how that Tennessee Missouri game plays out. It's going to be a shootout. Oh, one thousand percent. And and I don't know at this point if Tennessee has the gun power to keep up with that Missouri offense right now. Right, right. Um, but here's the thing. <laughs> Call me crazy, okay? <laughs> Last week I said we should be starting Nico starting forward. There's a world where Tennessee sneaks their way into the SEC championship game and wins the SEC championship, and then what? You know? I mean, it's kind of the same thing that is in the SEC West. Georgia has no losses. Missouri has one SEC loss. Um, 
who did Missouri lose to? Missouri lost. Missouri to lost LSU. to LSU. Yep. Yes. LSU Missouri came back has... and won at Mizzou. Right. So Missouri lost to LSU, and Tennessee lost. Their SEC East loss was to Florida, and then yes. Alabama, of course. Right. Hear me out. Missouri loses to Georgia. Okay. Missouri now has one SEC West lost, one SEC East lost. They're tied with Tennessee. Tennessee beats Missouri. Missouri has two SEC East losses. They're out. Yep. Loser leaves town match. Loser leaves town match. Yes, they're done. Tennessee then beats Georgia. Now, Georgia has one SEC loss, and it's to Tennessee, and Tennessee has one SEC East loss. I think if that were to happen, yes, that's that's the other thing. Ole Miss beats Georgia. So Tennessee needs Ole Miss to beat Georgia. Missouri to lose to Georgia. Tennessee then needs to beat Missouri and Georgia. And then Tennessee goes undefeated and they're in. Boom. This feels like the most convoluted convoluted game of SEC clue I've ever heard of, Kevin. I've done it. I've made a way for Tennessee to get in the playoff. And it was Ed Ogeron with his headset in the locker room. <laughs> it's done. Um, but yes, I, I, I do think that, I, I think that, you know, there's chaos. There's chaos coming. Um, of the four, of the six teams, I'll say this. Of the six teams that are on top, I think the one team that cannot afford a loss is Florida State. 1,000%. 1,000%. Cuz the ACC is so weak. And I and, and I and I say that compare or even knowing that Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State really are their entire conference, but at the same time those three teams make up three of the teams in the top 11 of the college football playoffs. So right, right. now. Right. Um if Florida State loses, they're done. It doesn't done. matter to who. It nope. doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter nope. how close. Nope. If they lose a game, they're done. Um, and here's the crazy thing. I think that the committee is kind of setting it up to where even if Florida State doesn't lose, there's a chance they don't get in the playoff, which is insane. But I think really that if... Putting Ohio State at number one, right? If Ohio State loses to Michigan and Michigan beats Penn State, Michigan would then be number one. Let's say that Georgia, let's say my scenario doesn't happen, okay? Georgia wins the SEC undefeated. They'll be number two. Let's say, and I think in that scenario, Ohio State would drop from one to three going into conference championship week. Let's say that Florida State wins the ACC. And let's say that Oregon plays Washington in the Pac-12 championship and Oregon wins convincingly. I think, crazy as it may be, there's a scenario where the committee goes Michigan at one, Georgia at two, Ohio State at three, and Oregon at four, and leaves an undefeated ACC champion in Florida State out because analytically, Florida State's like not only not a top 10 team, they're like not a top 20 team analytically. 
like the the nerd test. I know another free <laughs> shout out to another free another free pod. Uh, the late kick show with Josh Pate. We talk about it. We it's a great show. It is. He, he has the JP poll, and it is a power rating, not a power ranking, but a power rating. And Florida State's like not in the top ten in that, and they haven't been for like three weeks. And I think that it's making a little bit more sense because I think that like Florida State, they're not blowing these ACC teams out and the ACC's really bad. And and Florida State just hasn't really shown it against anybody besides LSU. Granted, the LSU loss looks, or the LSU win looks a lot better right now than mm-hmm. we thought it was going to look. Um, but I, I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if the committee put a one loss Ohio state in over an undefeated Florida state. Cause they do love their Ohio state Buckeyes. We've known that. I mean, they, they do love their, or their Ohio state university, but I just don't know in the scenario that, that you just laid out, I don't see that Ohio state would be dropped to three. I think they would be dropped to four. And, and then at that point, if Oregon just plumped on Michigan, they would they would then slip into that number four, and Ohio State would be on the outside looking in. And even though I do agree, Florida State's strength of schedule outside of that LSU Week One victory hasn't really been anything to write home about. You can only beat the teams in front of you, and they would at that point be an undefeated major conference champion. Right, and that that does still have some clout. That does still carry some some sway, so to speak, in the minds right. of these voters. So I don't know. It, it, it would be it would be very crazy to see how that scenario would play out. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, if you haven't gotten the gist of it, I want all the chaos that I can get. Some I people mean, just want to watch the world burn, Mister Wayne. I want to watch that sucker burn. <laughs> I mean, after Notre Dame lost to Louisville and after Tennessee lost to Alabama, I was like, burn it all, burn it all. I want everybody else to lose. Everybody I don't. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with you on that one, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a two-loss Notre Dame against a two-loss Tennessee for the national championship. Why not? Let's Why just not? get crazy. Let's let's turn this into NCAA thirteen on on freaking Xbox three hundred and sixty, y'all. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what San the Diego want. State University is going to go for the championship. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess we can jump into a, a real quick. Do you want to do the pub dubs or do you want to do our college basketball preview first? Which let's, one would you uh, let's 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 do pub dubs. Let's do pub dubs. All right, let's do the pub dubs and then we'll wrap up with our college basketball preview for you uh, hoopsters out there. Um, you can go ahead and raise your expectation, hoopsters out there, which, uh, by the way, speaking of that, we're recording this on November 1st, and right before we started recording it, uh, legendary coach uh, Bob Knight passed away. Right. That's that's insane. Uh, that's wild. It tells me that I'm getting a little old, which I don't like that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, always kind of a mortality check when, you know, somebody that you just like, yeah, he'll always be there being crotchety and semi-crazy and saying – whatever the hell he wants to into an open microphone. And you're just like, Oh, that's wackier. Oh no, you can't say that. And then maybe he'll wing a folding chair across a court to somebody. But yeah, that's a love him or hate him. He was definitely a a character in the, in the game of college basketball. Yes. Very uh, condolences to his family and to um, 
his players that liked him and coaches that coached with him, um, all his friends as well. Uh, a big loss for college basketball as well. Um, but let's get going on that somber note to uh, to the pub dubs where people lose money like me and people win money like Justin and Landon. <laughs> uh, week nine, we had the two best results that we've had in pub dubs history, all, all 10 weeks of them. Uh, Justin and Landon with a freaking eight and two. Uh, I went four and six. Uh, literally a week ago, I was saying, you guys can't catch me. Uh, wrap it up, wrap up the season, give me my crown. And now I'm in last. Yeah. Um, uh huh. It's funny how the turn, how the tables turn, turn yeah. tables have turned. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you guys had a great week. Uh, and I, I know what did me in. It was picking against Tennessee, and that's I, that's what I deserve. I deserve that. Um, yep the uh, the the universe wanted to teach you a lesson. No, it's crazy. Jay Jay uh, once again went uh, went undefeated on uh, college football Saturday, and then I turned around and had a pretty damn good day on uh, NFL Sunday. Yeah did did you go undefeated on NFL Sunday? Or did you only have one loss? I either went undefeated or I had one loss. I'll be honest. I went to bed and stopped checking. So I think you went undefeated on Sunday too. That's I think okay. you went undefeated That's Sunday hilarious. and he went undefeated, undefeated Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just sucked. Um, <laughs> it's okay, buddy. <laughs> I called the Kansas game though. Damn it. If you would have put the Kansas and Oklahoma game on. I that you did. That I'll, 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 I'll give you a tip of the cap on that one. 1000%. <laughs> I appreciate it. my participation. My participation trophies should be in the mail soon. <laughs> um, but let's get into this week. Uh, we're going to start in Austin, Texas. Number 25, Kansas State, is going to be playing at number seven, Texas. Now, Texas, once again, without Quinn Ewers. Uh, they looked pretty good last week against uh, against uh, BYU. Malik Murphy went for 170 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he he He's a big old boy. Let me tell you, he's a big dude, and he's a true freshman. And so you know that a lot of people were watching that game as a audition for the transfer portal because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it matters what the guy does the rest of the season that he ain't going to be starting next year that's yeah you say you say everybody <laughs> was watching uh watching uh for a transfer portal audition because everybody else was watching for Arch Manning time which didn't mm-hmm. really count, so you know there's yeah, that well, <laughs> uh, I think Arch Manning's going to be sitting in the Nico boat just sitting there waiting till next year mm-hmm. um, and maybe maybe get some garbage time but that's about it uh, I will say that Justin picked UT Jr. in a rock fight, he says. Texas is favored by four points. I forgot to mention that. So Justin is going with Texas in a rock fight. Landon, who are you going to go with? Uh, I don't know what type of fight it will be, whether it be a rock or a paper or a scissors fight, but I too will uh, be taking the uh, University of Texas minus four at home. Yeah. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, I, however, am going to be going with Kansas State mm-hmm. because this is one of those teams that I, I think that Texas, one of those games I think Texas is going to lose. Uh, I think they're going to miss um, Quinn Ewers. And remember two weeks ago, Texas struggled with Houston. I believe they won like 35-28. It was a very close game. Kansas beat that same Houston or Kansas State beat that same Houston team last week, 41 to nothing. So 
Kansas is coming in on some momentum, and I think that they're going to be able to go to Texas and get the win there. That now would be quite the uh, qu- quite the victory for uh, your defending Big Twelve champions? Question mark. That's right. Because that happened. That did happen. <laughs> that did. That did. They're trying to get back. See, Kansas plays spoiler or Kansas State. They play spoiler a lot. Well, They're honestly, both this- Kansas and Kansas State, they like to play yeah. the spoiler. They they try rock to do it jock last year. wild hawk chalk cat. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good game this year. That Kansas State Kansas game. That'd oh, be a, that'd be a, uh, the one of the more interesting Kansas State Kansas games on the football field that we've seen in a long time. I think. Um, now we're gonna head to Clemson, South Carolina, where their coach <laughs> is melting by the day. Shoo uh, Dabo. It brings a smile to my face every time this man comes to the microphone and not for the reason that he wants me to smile. It, he is, I mean, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, he says that the mental health coach is on suicide watch uh, in a joking manner. Can't joke about that. No, can't Um, joke about that, Dabo. Then he says that he wants Clemson to lose some more so the people can hop off the bandwagon. Don't don't think the donors like to joke about that either. Nope. Um, and then this week, he tells a radio caller, listener, if you think you can do it, why don't you come and coach? You apply and for just, the job. I don't give a uh, crap. I was like, oh, Tyler is Scarsborough. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Now you're telling your fans, you're part of the problem, you big dumbass. He said that to one of the fans in Tiger Calls and, like, called him a smartass. And, like, I mean, I will say in every fan base, even in Tennessee's fan base, we call them negavols. There are some fans that maybe need to chill out a little bit. But at the same time, if you're the coach of the football team who's making – as much a money as is, is, Dabo makes eleven and a half million dollars, and I will say Dabo has done very well for himself at Clemson University since he's taken over. I mean, look at his track record, and that and he did point out it's like before he came there, Clemson didn't really do much of anything when it came to success, and since he's gotten there, they've had a lot of success. But here recently, they've uh, fallen on hard times, Daddy. But Dabo, man. A grown man named Dabo. You can't be doing that, man, because you just yeah. entered into the uh, the Hall of Fame coach meltdowns with uh, Mike Gundy and Dennis Green and, I mean, uh, Jim Mora. Herman Edwards. It, Herman Edwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you played to win the game. Oh, it was glorious. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. a man. I'm 40. Did you know that that happened like 16 years ago? Talking about That's feeling insane. old. I know. Yeah. Every time somebody says that, I'm like, uh, please stop talking. Um, I'm because... 56. I'm an older man. <laughs> Go after me. I'm a grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> Collect AARP now. <laughs> yeah. So um, Dabo is, I don't, I don't think he's in hot water at Clemson. No. Um, but but the man's digging himself a grave very quickly. Uh, he's 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 graduated from a shovel. Now he's got a bolt like a, a backhoe out there, just <laughs> digging. <laughs> um, he's got Notre Dame coming to town though. This oh, is a I'm sure, I'm sure that'll help. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Uh, Notre Dame coming off a blistering beatdown of Pittsburgh. I believe that final score was like 51 to 7, just 59 to 7. A lot, not not as close as the scoreboard projected or scoreboard said. Um, by the way, that was my bet the mortgage game of the week last week. So it was Notre Dame minus 20. I got that. I got that. They covered the spread for me. I, I like um, how I like how you're talking about the the games that that you got correctly, but you know weren't weren't part of the pub dubs, <laughs> right? So I kind of got a boot. I too got somehow. all of the games that I didn't predict that we keep track of, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to get my ego high somehow. Okay? <laughs> I'd rather Who's just get high if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Notre Dame, this is a big rivalry. Um, I, I'm pretty back and forth. Uh, Notre Dame, I believe, has kind of they 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 won pretty easily last year. Game that I was at, pretty fun time. Um, Notre Dame, like I said, coming off a very good win over Pittsburgh. Audric Estime, three touchdowns. Sam Hartman looked really good. Clemson has that revenge factor that we've seen two times this year already play out. Tennessee got the revenge against South Carolina. Alabama got their revenge against Tennessee. Do we think that Clemson gets their revenge against Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish favored by three? Justin does not. He says Notre Dame by a lot and at least one Dabo meltdown. Landon, what do you say? Um, I am once again going to be echoing the sentiment of the absent uh, Justin Kritzinger, I don't know if I'm going to say by a lot, but I think Notre Dame easily covers the minus three. I think Notre Dame just outclasses this Clemson team. I talked about how Dabo has had success in his time at Clemson. This is not one of those all-time teams he's put together at Clemson. Dabo has suffered on the recruiting trail in the age of the transfer portal in the age of NIL because he hasn't want to play the game and his uh, chickens are coming home to roost, so to speak. And uh, I don't think quarterback Cole Klubnik, Kubnik, Skubnik, that guy, I I don't think he's the answer there for uh, the Tigers of Clemson. So give me the uh, fighting Irish on the road. Yeah, you know who de- you know who did play the transfer portal in the NIL game? That would who would be that Marcus be? Freeman at mm. Notre Dame when he went and got who I believe was the best quarterback transfer last year in Sam Hartman, the quarterback at Notre Dame. And I think that the Fighting Irish are going to whip that Clemson ass this weekend. <laughs> Give me Notre Dame in a beatdown. Oh, so um, you two are saying by a lot. I'm saying by a whole lot. Give me Notre Dame easy. Uh, Marcus Freeman is doing a hell of a job at Notre Dame, and I, and I think he's going to continue that. So I like the Fighting Irish this week. Uh, well, now, now, gonna... now I if, if if this plays out like uh, we're predicting, particularly uh, you and Jay are predicting uh, uh, the Fighting Irish by a lot, now I really can't wait for uh, Tyler from Scarborough's uh, follow-up call on Tiger Calls next week because that's going to be fire <laughs> i will say this is my bet the mortgage game of the week bet the Ooh. mortgage on the fighting irish Absolutely. okay two weeks in a row they didn't let me down last week we're rolling with them again baby okay um, i will let's go to the big 10 
Illinois is traveling to Minnesota. Why Justin put this game on the pub? Dubs? Seriously, I'm not too certain. But... Why? <laughs> I mean, I, I looked at this. It's like I know nothing about these teams. What in the hell? I know he uh, he left off Missouri and Georgia for for this game, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, no big deal. What? We'll, we'll, I, I he picked Minnesota. Um, I I also know nothing about either one of these two teams. So I will go with Minnesota. Um, Landon, <laughs> who are you going to go with? <laughs> um, Minnesota? Minnesota. Three picks for Minnesota. We uh, say with confidence. Yep, and that's all we're talking about this game. Because yeah, we don't and once again, it. question why we have to pick this game. <laughs> that's right. Good Lord. Um, Let's go to Georgia and not for Missouri and Georgia. Justin didn't put that on there. Once again, we're going to go the James Madison Dukies undefeated James Madison, 23 ranked James Madison, our producer Joe's very own James Madison. They are going to be going to Georgia state where James Madison is favored by five and a half points. Justin's finally hopped on the James Madison bandwagon um, riding with the Dukes. Landon, who are you going to be going with? Give me the fighting Joes to take care of business on the road. James Madison continues their undefeated streak, taking care of business minus five and a half. That's right. That's right. I, I too will go with James Madison because if there's one thing I've learned in life, it is to never bet against Joe. You um, always got to take care of your producer. Yeah, you never bet against Joe is what I've is what I've learned, and he's a uh, he's normally right. I will say Joe makes Joe makes some good money on these picks. Um, I, I do think that Joe would go with James Madison as well if if he was going to be picking. Let's go that ahead is, and lock it in. That's the Joe lock of the week. Joe Joe's riding with James Madison. He tells me himself he's riding with James Madison. That's right. Can't pick against the school. Um. A game that I talked about earlier, Washington traveling to Southern Cal. Southern Cal in uh, shambles. <laughs> Melting quickly. Broken by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. <laughs> um, barely beats Cal uh, after losing in back-to-back weeks. USC, they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home as Washington is favored by a field goal and a half. Do we think that Washington continues the dream season. Justin believes so. Landon, do you believe? I Justin? believe is yeah, I do believe as well. Um we talked about it earlier. Washington's kind of looked iffy since they took care of business against Oregon this year, but you just mentioned it. The wheels have come off with this USC team. I mean, when when this season started, people were talking about how they were going to contending with Washington. They were going to be contending with Oregon for not only the Pac-12, they were going to be contending with the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Georgias for one of the top four spots in this week's college football playoff initial rankings. And now they're fighting for their lives to stay in the top 20. Do not look like they're going to be getting any better. Give me Washington as a road favorite going 
into the Coliseum. Yeah. So what about you, Kevin? Here's the thing. USC doesn't get an opportunity to play spoiler a whole lot. And I think that they would like nothing better than to spoil Washington's season. I think USC at home, I think they get it done. I I think really? I think it's going to be a shootout. I just don't like the way that Washington has looked since that Oregon game. And to be completely honest, I have to play against you guys at some point. So I have <laughs> yeah, to- I was gonna say we're, we're getting a lot of samesies through this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have some ground I got to build. And looking at the rest of the pub dubs, I feel like this is a good place to pick uh, to get to build some ground. So I'm going to go with the Trojans of USC to spoil Washington's season, and Caleb Williams has a good game, and USC wins outright. Yeah, that vaunted Coliseum. Home crowd is really going to make a difference when they show up through the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh man, there. It's going to be loud. Maitland loud out in California. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All 30 of them. Um, Uh huh. Yeah. um, (laughs) But we're going to, speaking of a loud stadium, we're going to close it off for the college section of our pub dubs. LSU traveling to Bryant Denny where Alabama is favored by three points in what is could be possibly the de facto SEC West championship game. Alabama already marked one team off their Aria start kill list. Now <laughs> Saban's got LSU sitting there ready to mark another name off of his list. Justin thinks that Brian Kelly wins two years in a go two years in a row against Alabama. Landon, do you think that LSU gets it done for the second year in a row? Nick Saban doesn't lose to coaches in back-to-back years. We saw him take care of Josh Heupel in Tennessee earlier this year. I think Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide get revenge for last year, take care of business in Alabama. And I put an emphasis on in Alabama because they will have the help of the uh, totally non-biased and not terrified of Nick Saban SEC officiating crew uh, to give them every benefit of the doubt along the way. Give me the Alabama Crimson Tide to uh, take down fine Southern gentleman Brian Kelly and his Bayou Bengals. Wow. I I do have to say that you just made a very good point. (laughs) completely forgot about the officiating uh, in Alabama. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not saying that's the reason Tennessee lost, but if you go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you you were, you were making fun of the 12th man in the, in the Coliseum and in Los Angeles, the 12th man in Tuscaloosa is a real, is a real thing. And it wears stripes. That's right. Um, God forbid Ken Williamson's calling this game. Uh, Oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> you know who is guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know who is calling this game though? Gary Danielson. Make sure you put the TV on mute, ladies and gentlemen, because we oh. don't want to listen to that garbage. We um, only have to put it with him for a few more games. Yes, thank God. 
Um, I'm hoping and praying that we get the night game against Missouri next week and not the 3.30 game because I don't want to listen to it again. Because uh, we, we've already got him for the uh, for the Georgia game. Yeah, he uh, he let that one leak out. So we have to hear him for at least one more Tennessee game. Yeah, let's hope it's the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, however... Unless he calls the SEC championship game. I'd be okay with that. I would be okay with him calling the Tennessee SEC championship game. Yes, I would be okay with that. That'd be my chaos. Chaos. Exactly. Yeah. Chaos is a ladder, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we're climbing it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that this game is going to be a shootout. Um, I said that about the Tennessee Alabama game, but I I think that I think LSU's offense is a little bit better than Tennessee's offense. Jalen Daniels is playing like a man possessed right now. He is saying, I will carry this team on my back. If nobody else wants to, if my defense can't tackle a blind man, I will try to take us to the promised land. And he's playing at a Heisman level right Mm -hmm. now. It's at Alabama. Okay. That's, that's scary. Um, But LSU's already sure that they can score on the road. I mean, they put up like 48 points at Ole Miss. So they can score on the road. Um, I'm going to, I like the chaos, man. And it feeds my narrative of LSU being the best team with two losses that has a good, the best chance to get into the playoffs. So give me LSU to win. Give me the chaos. Give me the Tigers to win. Um, I'm going to take LSU. Wow. All right. Well, if, uh, if, if you like that bet, maybe, uh, maybe you want to get in on a little fan duel action for Jaden Daniels plus 450 for Heisman odds. Cause if, uh, he goes on the road to Tuscaloosa and knocks off, uh, the Crimson Tide for a second time in a row, I don't think you're going to be able to get those odds at 450 again. No, I don't think so. I think if LSU wins, his, he's, he'll be the front runner. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think yes. Um, Sunday, we've got four games. On Sunday, we've got Dolphins at Chiefs in From Germany. Germany, right? Yeah, that's the early, early game. Yeah, that's a good ass early game. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of a bummer that the best game is going to come on at like nine thirty in the morning. Literally, yeah. the best two games are the first game, and I believe that is the Sunday night football game, Bills and Bengals. It might be a four o'clock game though. Yeah, um, the rest of the NFL slate is. Uh, Kind of, eh, I, uh, I know we plug other podcasts from time to time on the uh, Bill Simmons podcast. Him and Cousin Sal talk about how every year there's one uh, one Sunday of the year where you can uh, go with uh, your family and your kids and, you know, go uh, apple picking or go Christmas uh, gift shopping uh, to gain some points that you can later cash in uh, uh, for later in the year. This might be that Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Just check your phone occasionally. But- yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just spend time with your family, gain some points for later on in the season, uh, for bowl games, you know, that you could catch. 1,000 Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a good idea. I tend to do that on most Sundays, actually. I just build up the points that way I can cash them on Saturday. That way I don't get yelled at. Um, <laughs> it's a good strategy. Sometimes smart man, pick, smart man, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just got to pick your poison, all right? Um, <laughs> pick your battles. Dolphins Chiefs from Germany. Rumor tells me that I don't think Taylor Swift's going to be going to this game. I don't know how international Uh-oh. she's going. She has an international tour coming up, uh, but she's not going to Germany till later on next year. So that's our Taylor Swift watch. Um, 
Is that a segment? Just, I mean, I mean, every other sports <laughs> entity is doing one. We might as well get in on the action. We might as well, right? <laughs> meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, somewhere Al Michaels is just rolling over in his grave, even though he's not dead, you know? <laughs> um, Justin thinks that without Taylor Swift, the Chiefs suck. And so he is going to pick the Dolphins. Landon, who do you think? Chiefs are favored by two and a half, by the way. Forgot to say that. We were talking about Taylor Swift. Sorry, she's distracting. I don't know if the lack of Taylor Swift is the reason why I'm favoring Miami here, but I will say that there is the stat that Taylor, that uh, Travis Kelsey does for some reason do better when Taylor Swift is in the building. And I think that's kind of hilarious, but uh, I just think top to bottom Miami has the better team and they played better this year. And particularly, I mean, Last week, we saw this Kansas City offense be held to nine points by a Denver defense that gave up 70 points to this same Miami Dolphins offense earlier this year. And I just like, like, I think the chickens are finally coming home to roost with the Kansas City front office just saying, hey, as long as we have Patrick Mahomes, he can do... Or, he can do no wrong and we can throw a bunch of scrubs out there and he'll figure it out. I mean, they already tried to bring back Miko Hartman and, and be like, okay, well that's a fit net. No, no. Miko Hartman isn't a fix. So it's Travis Kelsey and a bunch of other dudes out there where you have to go toe to toe blow for blow against uh, Tua and Rohim uh, must start if you will. And then, uh, Tyreek Hill, and then uh, Jalen Waddle, and just speed, hot, dirty, sexy ass speed coming out of Miami. So give me the Dolphins to take care of business over speed, overseas rather, over speed. He's with the speed overseas. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You were listing all the players of the Chiefs don't the player that aren't working for the Chiefs. You forgot to mention Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> Just throwing yeah, that also there. will not be working for the Chiefs this week. Right. <laughs> uh, was not in Denver. You saw how that turned out. Just yep. saying. Um, I listen, I think it's a bad thing that the that for the Dolphins that the Chiefs got blown out the way that they did last week. And I think that that kind of pissed off the Chiefs a little bit. And unfortunately, because I do love Mike McDaniel, um, I think he's the coolest coach in the NFL. Um, I mean, what other coach is ripping vapes on the sidelines of a playoff game? Right? Um, yeah. That is, he is uh-huh. the coolest. Forget coach. He's the coolest guy in the NFL. Yep. Um, I hate to pick against him, but no, you know what? I see other games that can go against. So you, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with my guy, Mike McDaniels. I'm going with the Dolphins. Dolphins okay. win. All I right. I was going to say Chiefs, but I, I, I can go against you guys other places. Uh, I just gotta make up my points, man. That's all I gotta do. Um, well, and and uh, go, going back to your point, it's like I part of the reason that I mean, Kansas City looked like complete garbage last week was was Patrick Mahomes played sick and he had quote flu like symptoms, which it's like, okay, we're just back to pre COVID where it's like, who cares if you're sick? Just get in the get in the huddle and cough and breathe on everybody while you're sick. But I mean, like one would have to assume that he's now healthy again and 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 if he is pissed off i mean he could be playing with a chip on his shoulder so i mean to your yeah. point 
yeah, look out for the revenge of uh, Kansas City, I suppose. But yeah, still, still give me the Dolphins. Well, also, if he does have that big C word, I don't know that he's going to be allowed to travel. <laughs> there um, is that. Yeah. If, yeah, if he has the vid, he ain't going to be able to get out of the country. Yeah. yeah they're not going to let him get there. So that'll be interesting to see if Mahomes suits up Sunday. Um, Shoot, maybe uh, maybe I need to get on FanDuel and get it on that while I, while yep, I can yep. before, before they pull the number if that comes out. Get some plus money. Um, Cowboys at Eagles. The Dallas Cowboys going to the Philly tush pushes. Um, <laughs> I Justin, prefer the term the brotherly shove. The brotherly shove, that's right. Uh, actually, did you see that it didn't work on Sunday? They fumbled. Yeah, it didn't work yeah. and it ended up uh, what uh, turning into a fumble. Yeah, if they fumbled and then they ran a fake brotherly shove that did work. I was like, holy shit, they're evolving. <laughs> it's it's like COVID. They're evolving. Yeah. <laughs> it's learning. I know. It's it's crazy. Um, uh, so what was once unstoppable is now even more unstoppable. Um, and I, but, for one, welcome our new uh, tush push. Right. Uh, or just, yeah. Justin is rolling with the Eagles in this divisional matchup. Uh, Philly is favored by three points. Uh, Landon, who are you riding with? Give me the reigning defending NFC. Looks today they have reason to take care of business against their divisional rivals, because if they can uh, dominate and hand what, what is really the only competition to them in the NFC East, I'm not going to say they'll have it locked up the first weekend in November, but I mean, they'll be pretty, pretty damn close. And plus, I mean, it's like, I know I just name check Jalen Hurts, but, and this pains me to say it as a Tennessee Titans fan, you have to applaud and give a tip of the cap to what AJ Brown is doing. I mean, AJ Brown has worked his way into the MVP conversation as a wide receiver. Dude has had six straight games of at least 125 yards receiving. Dude is unstoppable right now. Yeah. So, I a, mean, he's a problem. I, until, until proven otherwise, don't bet against Philadelphia. And plus, like you said, with, with the tush push, the brotherly shove, the, the Jalen Hurts, here you go, right up the, right up the pooper run. Um, un, un, until, until that stops working, you know they're always going to go for it on fourth down, fourth and short. So, I mean, like, defenses are going to get worn out, and they're not going to be able to stop this high-powered Eagles offense. And then on the flip side, they got a pretty damn good defense, too. They do have a good defense, uh, Kevin Byard. You know. Oh uh, God, I, yes, you, yes. Just, just rub the salt in the wounds. Kevin. Just had to rub that in there. Um, but hey, at least we still have Derrick Henry, and that's is right. Will Levis actually good? Will Jeans is the guy. No, no, it's Billy Jeans. <laughs> Billy Jeans. That's right. Oh man, you know it. <laughs> I will say on Sunday I did watch that, and that brought a smile to my face having knowing that all of my friends that are Titans fans and balls fans had to sit there and just eat all the crow that they talked on draft day. Oh yeah. How, why did we draft Will Levis? He sucks ass. He's the worst quarterback in the league. And then on Sunday, all y'all were like, yeah, Will Levis is the second coming. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. This, this... I wasn't that far, but I was just <laughs> sitting there thinking it's like, 
what is going on? Because like, like even like, like I watched him be pretty, pretty damn bad at Kentucky as did most Tennessee fans. But even when they drafted it's like, okay. in the Mike Vrabel offense, it's built on, you know, uh, play action, give it to Derrick Henry and then, and then just uncork it. That could play to the strength of Will Levis. So I didn't like the pick. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that right now, but after, I mean, watching what, what he did this past Sunday, how is a Titans fan? How could, how could I not be happy with the outcome so far, but four yeah. touchdowns did not and have DeAndre that on my Hopkins bingo card. Alive now. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, like we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this Cowboys Eagles game, you two went with the Eagles. I've got to make up some points. I like the Cowboys to win. How Give me America's team. America's, America's team. team. You know, I like the Yankees. I've been picking Notre Dame a whole lot. I, I might as well add the Cowboys to my bandwagon success team. And, and, and when, we'll, we, when we talk about the NBA, I'll go ahead and put you down for the Lakers. The Lake Show, baby. Let's go, <laughs> man. Stereotypical Yankees fan, of course. Uh-huh. When we basketball. start talking about the, about the NHL, <laughs> Penguins, baby, right? It's, it's, Penguins, it, it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Duke basketball, you know, I'm a winner. What can I say? <laughs> Man, you guys. Yeah. Let's go soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get them where we can, right? <laughs> um, uh, so Seattle is traveling to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore. The Ravens are favored by five and a half against what I think is a very good Seahawks team. Uh, Justin is going with the Ravens. Landon, who actually, I'll pick. I'll pick. Okay. I'll go next because uh, I've made you go first a lot. I'll go next. I'm going with Seattle. I think Seattle's very good. Um, I think Seattle's going to win the game outright. I think Seattle might be like the second or third best team in the N- N- NFC. Wow. Um, so I'm rolling with Seattle. They just traded for Leonard Williams, who is a playmaker defensive mm-hmm. lineman. Um, and so I think Great that move. he's going to come in there and make a difference. A fantastic move for that Seattle Seahawks team. Um, so give me Seattle. I, li- I like the Seahawks this week. Landon, what about you? This was a pick that I went back and forth on for a long time because – I like I like you think Seattle is one of the better teams in the NFC. If they weren't in the same division as the 49ers, I would say they're they're they would run away with their division. But honestly, with the 49ers being on the bye this week, losers of the last three, maybe Seattle can make up some ground and they've yet to play each other this year and it's one of those situations where they're going to play each other uh, twice in three weeks later in the season. So who knows, maybe they can uh, catch the 49ers right at the perfect time and take the division and get that home field advantage. Um, But I don't know. I just feel like Lamar Jackson, Todd Munkin, and that Baltimore offense is finally clicking and living up to the hype that we kind of heard that it was going to coming into this off season. Um, rookie Zay Flowers is a tight end, I think has really turned into an X factor uh, for Lamar Jackson. He's really a jack of all trades, running all over the field, able to uh, play anywhere that Lamar needs him to. Uh, Mark Andrews is one of, if not the best tight ends in the league. Yes, I do know that Travis Kelsey still exists, but as we talked about earlier, um, 
sometimes um, Taylor Swift doesn't show up, and apparently that's his kryptonite, and Mark Andrews is just so dang good. Um, it's because he's already married. No, he, doesn't the, he doesn't have the distraction. <laughs> his well, wife's always go. there. <laughs> but with all that being said, uh, give me the Ravens, which, uh, which, by the way, I may have a, a futures bet on the Ravens to win the North. So uh, that may or may not have something uh, to do with my pick. Ooh. Well, speaking of the AFC North, We've got the Bills traveling to the AFC North defending champion Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati is rolling. Cincinnati looks like Cincinnati is supposed to look. Um, they are fit and Cincinnati is favored by three points. Justin's rolling with the Bengals. Um, I know he has, he, that's his Super Bowl pick is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Landon. Are you gonna roll with are you gonna roll with the Bengals or are you going with Josh Allen and the fighting Bills? Uh I'm going to go with the Bengals. You mentioned that they finally look like they were supposed to coming into this year, mainly because Joe Burrow for the first time, well, I think going back to last week, is finally healthy. And I can't believe that Cincinnati threw out their franchise and let him play hurt as long as they did. And it took them forever to finally look right where it's like I'll be honest I don't know what's wrong with the Bills and I think the Bills might be kind of selling us a bill of lies pardon the t- uh, pardon the the pun I don't think the Bills are that good if we're being completely Ooh. honest whoa that's a that's a take but I like it like, like I like like I uh, I know that technically their Super Bowl window might be open, but it's like look around the rest of the AFC. It's like they're not even the best team in their division anymore. Um, give me the Ravens over them. Um, I Kansas City when Taylor Swift's there. Kansas City when Taylor Swift's there, and you know when playoff time rolls around, she would be there. She'll be there. Yep. Um. <laughs> I just I like like Josh Allen is not playing up to the hype that I think some people have built him up to in the last few years. He still makes too many irresponsible plays with the ball. And I, I do respect the fact that he wants to play hero ball sometimes. But when you play hero ball, sometimes that bites you in the ass and you turn it over and put your team in a bad spot. And that leads to your team catching seven and then 14 and then you're having to dig yourself out of a hole and you're having to play hero ball more and more. And plus on top of that, Buffalo has just been ravaged by the injury bug. They cannot stay healthy to save their life. And on top of that, it's like, I, I'm not sold into their, into their run game. Um, Stefan Diggs seems to be their only surefire uh, receiving threat and then everybody else disappears and on top of that Stefan Diggs it seems like every other week is having to give some presser or some comment to the media saying how how he and he and uh Josh Allen are good eventually that situation is going to come to a head and and those situations never end well so I just like I don't believe in the bills so this is more of a pick against the bills than it is for the Bengals despite I do think the Bengals have finally righted the ship dot 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 even though I think the Ravens still win that division I'm going to tell you something, Landon. The winner of this game is going to win the AFC. Really? Yep. 
The winner of this game is going to win the AFC. And I think that these two teams are going to play again in the AFC championship. I will say that. And guess what? I think the same team's going to win. And I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. All right. Because no one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Okay, Boomer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you got them. (laughs) That has a double meaning. (laughs) They are on the matchup predictor, like Justin loves to pull up on ESPN. On uh, yeah, on ESPN. I almost got it on Sports Center. On ESPN, Doo-doo-doo. they <laughs> Buffalo is favored to win the game sixty-seven percent wow. to thirty-three percent. Even going on, on the road. Even going on the road, the Bills are good. The Bills had a slow start. Yes, they've dropped some games they shouldn't have dropped. Yes, but in the big games that matter, that you know that they need to show up. I.e. The game against the Miami Dolphins, they showed up. And I think that the Bills get it done. The Bills win. Give me Josh Allen. He's going to have a great game. The MVP run is not dead. My man's coming for the MVP. So give me the Bills. The Madden curse is not real. Well, I'll, I'll agree with you. I don't think the Madden curse exists anymore. It did at one point, but but not anymore. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've been sold... I've been sold the bills before and it's just always like, okay. Like, honestly, I feel like they've been coasting off that, um, off that game against Kansas city a few years ago in the playoffs. uh, And they've been coasting on it for, for a few years at this point, they, they have a bunch of players that built their name off that, like freaking Gabe Davis. It's like, I don't know how many times I've drafted him in fantasy just based off. It's like, yeah, he had like four touchdowns in that one game. It's going to be the year he finally breaks through. Yep, Gabe Davis is the type of receiver on fantasy that he's either going to get you 50 points or no points. Oh, believe me, I'm very much aware. <laughs> that That's why I stay away from the Gabe Dave now. <laughs> I do as well. I can see him on my waiver wire right now. He's sitting there looking at me, and I'm like, I'm not doing it. It's like, no, nope, I'm not nope. doing it. <laughs> I've, I've said no, no, no. Um, <laughs> so that concludes our pub dubs. I'm trying to get us in that under an hour and 30 probably won't happen so i apologize to justin and i apologize to joe and and to the listeners that that might not like the longer episodes but we're gonna talk college basketball and we're gonna try to do it as quick as we can uh because the college basketball season does tip off later on this week leave um we're gonna try to make it short and sweet we're gonna talk about tennessee volunteers sprinkle in another little bit of talk about other teams and then give some predictions so Nothing too crazy. Uh, Tennessee enters the season the ninth-ranked team in the AP poll and the 10th-ranked team in the coaches poll. They are picked to win the SEC uh, for the second time, I believe, under Rick Barnes. I think this is the second time they've been picked to win the SEC under Rick Barnes. Granted, they've won the regular season uh, once. They tied for the regular season title one year under Rick and they have won the postseason SEC title under Rick in another year. Um, the balls, they return four big players from last year. Uh, Josiah Jordan, James Santiago Vescovi, not Vescovi, Vescovi, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zakai Ziegler who had that torn ACL. He should be back. 
uh, for the meat of the season and Jemai Meshack, uh, big men Jonas Adu and Toby Awaka are also coming back. So the Vols bring back a good amount of players from last season. Um, really, I think the only departures were Olivier Kamwa, which... <laughs> well, that seemed to be like that. a mutual parting of ways. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, the more Olivier Kamwa did, did not get on, <laughs> not get along. Um, no. And then Julian Phillips got drafted. Uh, I believe by the Bulls. I'm pretty sure he got drafted by the Bulls um, into the league. Uh, but it was it, it was uh, there was oh and questions. don't forget about Euros Plopsic. Oh yeah, we're really gonna miss Euros <clears throat> talking this shit the entire game and getting yep. the other teams pissed off. Uh, <laughs> gonna miss that. Thanks, um, Euros. <laughs> um, but there was a question on if Santiago would go and if Josiah Jordan James would go. Both of them decided to come back. So I think those are going to be two big uh, returnees for the Vols. I know uh, Santiago was named uh, preseason SEC first team. I believe Zakai Ziegler was preseason SEC second team, or was it Josiah Jordan-James that was second team? Uh, uh, I think it was ZZ. I, yeah, I could I be wrong, though. I think, I think it was Ziegler. I'm pretty sure I got that one right. Um Tennessee did get two big name, not big name, two transfers. Uh, Jordan Ganey, who put up 15 points per game at USC Upstate last year. And the man of the hour, the man of the preseason, Dalton Connett. Gosh. Who put, up, who put up 20 points per game at Northern Colorado and had one of the sickest dunks that we've seen against Michigan State. And I believe put up 27 points against Michigan State in the preseason. Now, granted, uh, it was an exhibition. Pre-season. So, in the scheme of things, doesn't matter. But holy damn, that dunk was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This guy is, uh, y- you know, you know who he reminds me of is another guy that had a really good preseason and everybody was hyping up that was a transfer that came here. And sure, he had a couple of good games, but he didn't really live up to the hype was Victor Bailey. I, I, I <sighs> loved Victor Bailey. When Victor Bailey showed up, I was like, yes, he's going to lead us to the promised land. That's the guy. And he didn't. Um, but he did have some good moments as of all. And so I hope Dalton connect connect. I thought his last name was net, but it's like connect. Um, yeah, I'm a, uh, that's that's part of the reason why I let you pronounce it because I too am not too positive how it's pronounced. So uh, good job, buddy. Yeah, that's how they were pronouncing it on a uh, Big Ten Network. So we'll go with them. Um, uh, I'm <laughs> interested to see the Tennessee broadcasting. Uh, the voice of the Vols say that one. That'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have fun with that one, Bob Kessling. Yeah, can't wait for that. Um, but uh. Uh, DJ Jefferson, Freddie DeLone, Cameron Carr, and JP Estrella, all are four-star recruits, true freshmen coming in. Or not DJ Jefferson, he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, but the other three are true freshmen coming in. Um, Jefferson should see, out of those four, he should see the most playing time. He was a pretty high recruit, recruit um, early enrollee, uh, was, was on the team last year, didn't barely played. Um and so he he's going to hopefully play a bigger role this year. 
like I said, the Vols are the favorites to win the SEC, and this is this is a conversation that we had earlier this week um, around here, around Knoxville. The the word on the street is this is the best team that Rick Barnes has ever had at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's the word of the street around this time of year every year, it feels like. Uh, this is the best <laughs> team that Rick Barnes has ever had. Um, listen, I like Rick Barnes as a person. Funny dude. Uh, seems like a genuine, nice guy. Great grandpa. There is a reason that his nickname is regular season Rick. And you, this team can come in as the number one team in the nation and be picked by every Tom, Dick, and Harry to win the national championship. And I will still not pick Tennessee to win the national championship until they do it because I've seen teams that are on paper better than this team get put out in the Sweet 16. So, I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but I mean, playoff basketball, much like playoff baseball particularly the ncaa tournament is such a weird beast i mean like all it takes is you running in to a team that's shooting lights out you have an off night and then your 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 season is over i mean like just freaking look at what was it uh purdue had uh what zach Eady all year who was far and away the best player in 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 the country and he's coming back and then all of a sudden Oh look, they're uh, they're out, they're out, and and I mean like who would have? And I I still honestly believe if uh, if if Zakai doesn't get hurt, Tennessee makes its first Final Four because everything broke right for them in that bracket. But again, all it takes is you having injuries when the, when when the team that you're going up against doesn't. And and so I I understand regular season Rick. And his long vaunted career, would you like to see more uh, postseason success? Sure, absolutely. I think he would be the first one to admit he would too. But at the same time, it's like, I, I'm not going to well, hold that against him because with this team right here, I think they have it in them to be national champions. I would love that. I would love that. And I'm not and I'm not one of those Vol fans that uh Vol basketball fans particularly that is like he's regular season Rick. I want him gone because I I don't know what's what's better out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, he's he's one of the best coaches in the sport. Um he's a hell of a recruiter. He's got a ton of talent in the NBA that he can pull out and say, you know, hey, look, these are guys that I've put in the league that are playing, I mean, hell, one of the best players in the league played for him. One of the, the best con- players of all time played for him. Yeah. The con to that is you didn't win a national championship with him. You didn't even make a Final Four with him. Nope. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, yeah, sure. Um, interested to see how we do. Uh, the schedule it's not incredibly hard. Their out of conference schedule is, is I think, very lenient. Um, we we have Syracuse uh, on the schedule. I believe that game is in uh, the battle for Atlantis or, or Maui. One of those two pre one of those two regular season tournaments. We have Syracuse, um, or it might be in Knock. It might be at TBA. Um, 
We we play in Chapel Hill against North Carolina. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun game. I, I don't think North Carolina is going to be very good. Uh, they're preseason 19, um, but they lost a lot of talent in the transfer portal as well. As well. Mm-hmm. And and their coach, Hubert Davis, is, is on the hot seat yep. um, already. Last season, <laughs> preseason number one and misses the dang tournament. Yep, that's wild. Um, and then on December 9th, they host Illinois, who's preseason 25. So those really are the three big games that stand out on the non-conference schedule. Um, in SEC play, we travel to Mississippi State. We have Alabama in a home and away. We have Kentucky in a home and away, of course. We have A&M in A&M. Um, and then we, we, we go to Arkansas as well. Um, we close the season off against Kentucky at home, which I think is so cool that that's the last game of the season. Um, so cool. It could be so heartbreaking as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it sets up for, uh, for high emotions on either side of the uh, spectrum. Right. Uh, because I don't hate Kentucky in football, but man, I want to punch John Calipari in the face so bad. I, I would love nothing more than to just dot his eye just one time. Um, <laughs> go to jail. I don't care. I just want to. I, I don't. You care, would man. do your time. <laughs> I'd do my time. You got TV in jail, so that's fine. That's all I need. It's like a mini vacation. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but I, I do think that this team can win the regular season SEC title i do think they can win the the postseason sec title i i do think that they're the best team in the sec uh top to bottom um mm-hmm. so so i do like that as far as the vols go what the I, I know your ceiling on the team you already said you think that they have the talent to be national champions um as far as a floor this is kind of hard for basketball to predict uh but What's the floor to this team? Because it's not like football where you lose a game and your season's done, or you lose two games and your season's done. Um, hmm. But like, what what do you think your your floor? We don't think that they're gonna miss the tournament. You know, I, no. I, I don't think if, either if, one if, of us thinks that that happens. If they miss the tournament, that means two of the four of uh, Triple J Santiago's. Uh, Jemai ZZ never comes back and they get hurt. Uh, all of the freshmen right. don't pan out. I mean, like, like it, it would take something catastrophic for this team not to make the tournament. Um, I, is it crazy to say the floor for this team is for them to win the, win the regular season? Like, like I, I, I feel uh, like I that's floor. <laughs> I, I know. And that's why I'm hesitant to say it. It's like, like and and that's why maybe it's more realistic to say to compete, like like be be a top three team in the division or in the conference rather, because 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 I buy going into the tournament. Yeah, yeah. That, okay, that that feels that feels more realistic because I I do think like you said they are top to bottom the best SEC team, but it's like I like like there's something about that Arkansas team as long as Musselman's the coach, the as the regular season closes that team gets better and particularly around tournament time, they know how to make runs when it's a high pressure situation, whether it be the sec tournament or the NCAA tournament. And I mean, I, I don't think that Alabama is going to be 
as good as they were last year, though on a positive, they'll have uh, they'll they won't have nearly as many murders or excuse me, alleged murders attached to their team as they did last year. And so I mean, for campus down there in Tuscaloosa now. <laughs> and then, I mean, Kentucky's still going to be Kentucky and going on the road in the SEC, I mean, is going to be a challenge night in and night out. You can't take anybody for granted. I mean, like going to Nashville and Vanderbilt, weird things happen yep. in that arena. We've seen it time and time again, even when Tennessee has had the more talented team. Oh, so with, with with that being said, I'll say I'll say they get one of or I'll say they they get a double buy going into the SEC tournament. That's the floor for this team. How about that? Yeah, I like that. Um, like you said, I mean, I think five, six, seven years ago, the SEC basketball was totally different. I think. SEC basketball, you had Kentucky, obviously. Um, I mean, in my lifetime, I'll go back to, I'll say in my in the last 10 years, right? I'm older than 10 years old, but I'll just say the last 10 years. <laughs> um, you've had Kentucky. You had Florida have a little bit of a run when they had Billy Donovan and, and Joe Kim Noah. God, those teams um, were good. Yep. You had Tennessee. A little bit of a run under Bruce Pearl. Granted, never got to the Final Four, but also were a dominant force. Yes, um, and and that was it. And I feel like since then, in the last five years, the SEC has not has become a lot more leveled out. It's not so top heavy anymore. Where you got two teams at the top, and then a fifty foot to take a quote from Moneyball. Two teams at the top, and then a fifty pop, pop fifty feet of crap, and then us. Um, <laughs> so you, now it's like Kentucky's good, Florida's feisty, like you said, Vanderbilt's feisty, Alabama's. Yes, yeah, Stackhouse, Stackhouse is an underrated coach. Yeah, Alabama's good, A and M's good, Arkansas's uh-huh. good, mm-hmm. Ole Miss is feisty. Mississippi State can pull off some wins. Georgia's ruined a couple seasons. Um, And then Tennessee, of course, is picked to win it all. You know, so you've got teams that, that top to bottom, the conference is a lot better than it was. Um, So it's not going to be as easy as a cakewalk to, to win the SEC. That being said, I do think that the ceiling for the team is a top four national seed going into the tournament. Um, into the NCAA tournament, I think. Like I said, man, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, I would love to say the ceiling <laughs> is a national championship. I would love to say the ceiling is a Final Four, but I can't do it. I, mean, I, I, I can't. I'll say the ceiling's an Elite Eight until until he can get past the Elite Eight. I cannot do it. Um, and I hate that because I really think that this team is is going to be really good. Um. So I'll say the ceiling's the Elite Eight. I'm with you. The floor is a double bye in the SEC championship, and then uh, I'd say a Sweet 16 in the uh, in, in the big dance. Um, Tennessee's not the only basketball team in the nation, though. Kansas enters the AP poll at number one in the, in the AP and the coaches poll. The uh, rest of the top ten is Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, who Tennessee beat, uh, Marquette, <laughs> Defending champs, UConn, Houston, Creighton, Tennessee, and Florida Atlantic. Uh, 
That's wild. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I know nothing about Florida Atlantic. Um, you know yeah. nothing about Florida Atlantic? Not a damn thing, other than they got to the Final Four last year. <laughs> um, okay, and yeah, well, okay. I was, was going to say it's like there, there is that caveat. Yeah, that's that's about it. Um, okay, uh, all right, yeah. I, I, I think the best team in the nation. I don't think it's Kansas. Um, they got the best transfer in the nation in Hunter Dickinson, who left from Michigan to go there. Um, but I think the best team in the nation, and I don't think it's, I think it's very close. I think it's Duke. I think Duke is going to be freaking good this year. Uh, Kyle Filipowski is coming back. He's a, just the reigning ACC player of the year. Uh, if he would have gone in the draft, probably would have been a top five pick. Decided to come back. Uh, Mark Mitchell is coming back. Their big man down low. Um, he's a force. And then their point guard is fourth year, is, is a senior, Jeremy Roach. Typically, when Duke has a senior point guard, Duke does pretty well. Tyus Jones was a senior. Trey Jones was a senior. Both national champions. Quinn Cook was a senior. National champion. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say it, but I think Duke's going to be pretty good. Um, I did want to talk about UConn, the defending national champion. They got a hell of a schedule. Uh, no kidding. They, you have this listed they, out. It's like, God bless. They got a murderous row. They, that's brutal. <laughs> um, they play at Kansas against North Carolina against Gonzaga. Then they play Creighton two times. Who's number eight Villanova two times. Who's number 22 and Marquette two times. Who's number five before they even go into the, into the big East tournament. Um, that's a gauntlet. That is a gauntlet. Uh, so going to be a nice job for old Bobby Hurley and we'll see if he can get it done. Um, cause God knows they won't be getting it done in the football field this week. Oh, that's right. Um, so we're not going to go through conference and conference conference by conference and pick each champion. That's, that's a little much, uh, for basketball. Uh, but we are going to do our final four projections. Our predictions and our national champion prediction. Uh, so, Landon, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, why don't you lead us off? I will go first. Okay, I will say that my final four will be Duke. I do think that Duke will be there. All right, I, typical I, Yankees fan. I ha- I have the Dukies as well. As much as that pains okay. me, though, the last time uh, we did see Duke on the basketball floor, uh, Tennessee uh, bludgeoned them to death, and uh, I'm That's sure right. uh, the Dukie fans are still crying about it. So. That's right. Cry some more tears. Um, Coach K's not coming back, bitch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I do think that UConn gets back to the Final Four. Um, That that schedule, if they can get through that schedule and get into the tournament, (laughs) they can get into the tournament. The tournament might be the easiest games that they play all season after that schedule. So uh, I'll take UConn. I'll take Duke. I'll take Kansas. And I will take Miami. I think Miami gets there. What about Okay. All right. I already said Duke is uh, one of my teams. Uh, I think uh, Zach Eady is going to get Purdue over the hump. So give me uh, the Boilermakers. Uh, I'm going to take another Big Ten team, another team that Tennessee is familiar with, a team that they just beat in an exhibition uh, because you never bet against Izzo in March. So give me the Sparties of Michigan State. 
And I already said it. I think this Tennessee team has the talent to break through that proverbial glass ceiling uh, that has, I guess, been there for not only Rick Barnes, but for this Tennessee basketball program and reach Rick Barnes second and Tennessee basketball's first final four. So that's my final four. I like it. I like it. A Tennessee Michigan state rematch in the final four where it actually means something where it actually, this time it matters. (laughs) That would, that would be fun. Um, or a Tennessee Duke rematch in the Final Four. Oh Lord! Uh, oh I think God! I prefer I, the Michigan State one. Yeah, I was gonna say I want the Michigan State one because if I'm being honest, I do not. I don't want to see that one play out because Duke will come out and like uh, opening whistle, they'll freaking drop kick us. Yeah, like they did last year. Well, and this time, and this time we don't have uh, Olivier and uh, and Euros to to just like uh, hit them with a doomsday device like they're freaking uh, Legion of Doom. <laughs> Literally. Um, all right. So my national champion, it is going to be the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, I, I'm, I, I, I don't know, man. What, like I said, once you have a, that when they have a senior point guard, they typically do really well. And I think Jeremy Roach and Kyle Filipowski are, are going to be pretty good. Um, and I think they're going to carry John Shire to that national championship. What about you, Landon? Who's, who's going to raise a trophy at the end of the season for you? Call me a homer. V-O-L-S. Go Vols go. I love it. I love it. I love it. They they um, are a veteran team. They're led by seniors. They got enough young talent that I think will contribute, which I'll be honest, would kind of be different for Rick Barnes, but maybe, maybe finally he'll uh, be uh, evolving with the uh, with the times because he realizes he needs to. But I mean, this this team has the talent to get it done. So uh if he's gonna get it done, I think I think this is the team that will. I love it. Dalton Connett. Yeah. Um, most outstanding player. That's right. Heard it here Let's first. get Connett, y'all. Oh yeah, baby. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So we're with that, we're gonna wrap up the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're topping that. Nope. Uh so I do want to thank you guys, the listeners, for tuning in again, hanging out with us. Uh didn't quite get my goal, but I got a close 11 minutes off and hate me for that. Um, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I want to thank you, Landon, for coming out here on with uh, with me this evening and talking football and some college basketball uh, and making this show a good old time. Um, shout out to producer Joe making us yeah. sound good. Thanks, Joe. Still, un- uh, still undefeated. JMU Dukes. We're riding with the Dukes this week. Um and then shout out to Justin for making the pub dubs, even though he didn't include Missouri and Georgia, but that's okay. We forget. Still don't understand that one. And shout yeah. out for him not being here so he can't defend his questionable actions. I know. I know. Funny. He comes up with a crazy pub dubs and doesn't even, can't even show up to defend it. I don't know yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Next time, next time he does that, uh, he's going to have us like picking uh, Uzbekistan marble fighting or something. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Like cricket. <laughs> Yeah, be like, shouldn't should we be like picking the national champion? No, no, it's 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 Uzbekistan marble fighting, guys. Just trust me on this one. Listeners are going to love it. Also, I can't be there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Good luck pronouncing those names, uh, right? <laughs> so, but be sure to follow us on the socials uh, at Boozy Sports Pod, um, where we're going to be talking up this weekend during the college football and the NFL. And of course you'll find us on there during college basketball as well. Um, But until next time, we hope you guys have a great weekend of the college football, the college basketball, 
you got some NFL, NBA, and the NHL, and maybe the World Series will still be going on. So good luck with that. Um, hope you guys enjoy it, and thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. Thank you.